Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is that time of the week. It's the Game Dev Unchained Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pay some background singers for that. That was not me. Uh, as always, because I never go out into darkness alone, I got my best friend, the guy with the flashlight, Mr. Benny Fam. Hey, what's up, everyone, to this week's episode. Please welcome our special guest, us. It's just <laughs> us this week. Talking about E3. Yeah, this is going to be a big episode because if you're listening to this day of, which is Tuesday, we always drop on Tuesdays, it is E3 week 2016. That means you should be online checking out conferences or as close to the convention center in Los Angeles as possible. Yes, Larry and I decided that, you know, we're just going to make it just the two of us to keep it back to the original. And we have enough news to encompass the whole episode. So there's a lot of things to talk about. So why don't we just jump right into it? All right. The first piece of news, PS4 4.5, a.k.a. Project Neo. Yes, uh, this is pretty crazy. They kind of announced this way before E3. It was kind of like a preemptive strike. They either caught word of what Xbox was doing, which we would talk about in a sec, but instead of them being shown up because they weren't going to announce anything else, they just released the news before E3 and be like, yeah, it's true, we're making a 4.5, and uh, that's it. I mean, we're upgrading the system, and it's going to support 4K, and it's going to be powerful, but it's going to be backwards compatible. So anyone that develops for the original 4 will also work for the 4.5. That's it. See ya. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why that's a smart move is because they knew that Microsoft was going to be talking about Project Scorpion, right? Yes. So, And we'll get into that later, what Project Scorpion actually is. But basically, Nintendo has launched and announced their mid-gen console. Microsoft has talked about their mid-gen console so everyone was going to be looking at Sony with Elephant in the Room like, hey, you know, what are you guys going to be doing? Mm-hmm. So since Sony wasn't necessarily prepared to actually unveil all of their plans for that console in their E3 conference, they said ahead of time, yes, guys, we know that this is happening. We're doing it too, but let's keep the spotlight on all these wonderful games that we brought to show you guys today. Yes, and uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, and which is great because Sony has been the leader so they didn't need to do anything uh to to cover their butts for the next year <laughs> like they they just need to concentrate on what they've been doing and which is selling consoles like at a crazy pace outselling the PS2 life cycle uh at the same time and uh they just concentrated on their games for this E3 conference and they I think they did like a really great job which we will jump into later. And so in response Xbox had their conference earlier uh what is it Tuesday morning? Mhm. And uh no, Monday morning. Monday morning they had their their announcement and they they had like a few leaks before their their conference even came out like there was rumor there were rumors about a smaller Xbox like 3 days before and 
Yes, they confirmed there is a smaller Xbox. It's called the Xbox S. S. <laughs> like, Dude, not, Microsoft yeah, not has been copying Apple for decades. Yes. And it continues. They're not even hiding the fact anymore. They're like, hey, let's just do exactly what they do. What does the S stand for? I don't know. So let's just copy that and uh, just release our smaller system. And, and you know, uh, yeah. once they finish with the smaller system, they're also going to make the Xbox One for people with giant hands. Yes. The Xbox One Plus. Why not, man? They're on a roll. <laughs> no, just well, kidding. The great thing about it is the Xbox S is a smaller, similar system. It's white. And they recon- uh, redesigned their controller uh, to be slightly smaller. But the great thing is, it's supposed to be slightly more powerful. Like they they said, they mentioned that it can be you can play your games a little bit better mm-hmm. just by how condensed it is. And the biggest thing about it is that they got rid of their brick. Their like brick. you just yeah, you just need a cord to to power it up. Like which is this is what technology can do over the years. Yes. I mean, oh man, you mean that brick AC adapter, that like external <laughs> thing that they couldn't put inside the console because it would have gotten too hot? Yeah, that Xbox Two that comes with your Xbox One, <laughs> basically. Oh man, well that's good to hear. That's good to hear because Sony has a plug and that's it. Yeah, it plugs in their PS4. So yeah, I'm I'm sure at some point they'll. I mean, they pioneered the whole smaller console midway, so mm-hmm. Sony will answer back. But I mean, maybe that's their 4.5. Who knows? But the big thing is the big announcement that PS4 probably caught wind of is their Project Scorpio. What what is that, Larry? For people who don't know, so Project Scorpio is Microsoft taking off the white glove and slapping Sony in the face, challenging them to a duel by saying, "We are going to make the greatest, most powerful console ever made." Yes, and that includes Steambox. Yes, that includes. Uh, HTC Vive and all of that other stuff if you consider those a platform Microsoft was basically saying anyone who even thought that they had a console all those knockoffs in China were going after you too they pulled a Kendrick Lamar they released Control and said everyone in the rap game I'm coming at your throat Microsoft challenged everyone that makes consoles which is actually not that many people anymore it's just them <laughs> it's an easy challenge but yeah. oh good yeah I mean it felt like they just fast forward like their next two console and be like fuck it let's not hold it back anymore and just show all our cards and be like make this eight cores make this amazingly powerful system yeah. vr ready 4k seems to be the buzzword of e3 everything's yeah. 4k now and uh it's like hey it's backwards compatible yeah. you don't have to stop developing your expone uh games for developers out there you, it will still work but yeah. it just works better Every peripheral, every device, everything that works for Xbox One will work for Xbox Project Scorpio. Whatever they end up calling that once it releases. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. What I will say is, what's interesting about a move like this is, like you said, they're trying to shove everything that they possibly can into a console, still respecting a price point, right? Like, hey, we know that like six five hundred dollars is the price point. So the best that we absolutely can do for that price is going to be the next thing that we make. Yeah. Now, to me, when you take when you let go of the gentleman's agreement, which I believe, and I, I can't validate this with facts or articles, but I always believed that there's a gentleman's agreement between companies. Like even though we're in competition. Let's upgrade slowly so that we can all milk this for as long as possible, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Ford could have made a 900 horsepower Mustang 20 years ago. Yes. But 
they did 200, then 220, then 250, then 306, then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all the car companies kind of pick like that, like, okay, what's the, like, the bar that we're all going to respect? If I was an automaker, I'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> the best, you know? Yes, like, <laughs> yes. So it sounds like, based on what Microsoft is doing, now here is my prediction. I believe Microsoft sees the writing on the wall. They see what's happening with the mid-gen console stuff. They see what happened with the Xbox One and how people are buying and consuming games these days. Things are going digital. Things are going, you know, quick access, so to speak. Um, physical media is dying. I think Microsoft is like, hey, we cannot afford to have a gentleman's agreement because this may be the last time. So, Brennan, am I crazy or what? What do you think? Uh, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it, too, and this is kind of like, leaning into my next subject that I want to talk about, which is there was a lot of VR talk. Like, we anticipated VR talk being, like, kind, kind of like a, like a segmented part of E3 being talked about, but, like, I was very surprised by how many AAA games were announced for the VR platform. Mm. Like, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, Star Trek, Fallout 4, you know, Doom. Like, everyone, pretty much every publisher is talking about a VR game in their camp that they're developing with a major budget. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very surprised. And I, I think a lot of it is because of Xbox making their new system, of PS4 upgrading their system. Like, it, they see it as a way as it's not niche anymore. It's like, all right, if you want to do VR, go ahead and buy a $600 system or whatever, and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Of course, with a headset and everything. But it's a much more attainable now. You don't need, like, a, like a $2,000 computer rig to make this going, you know, to, to get to experience this thing that everyone's been buzzing about. So with the Xbox announcing their project Scorpio, you know, I'm at, I'm at a weird spot where is this like the implications for developer is huge, right? We, we're going to have to plan for a moving target, right? If this Mm -hmm. is the model that is successful, uh, maybe they can make it work if it's backward compatible, as what they're saying. It's like, hey, just keep making Xbox One games or uh, PS4 games. It's just going to work at a higher frame rate, and it's just a few things that you got to do to make it look better. Sure, but like they're not really saying anything where it's like, you know, this is an exclusive Project Scorpio game. I mean, maybe down the line, maybe they're just softening the blow so that no one is just up and rage about how they're upgrading their system every three years they're like oh yeah we're you're gonna spend a couple years making backward compatible games and then we'll squeeze in some exclusives when you guys are maybe that's how they're thinking about it it's like instead of like 10 years we'll come in at five and slowly transition into like seventh year mark and tell people to do exclusive games and by that time you'll be accepting of it is well, how I feel about that now. When you bring up VR and we talk about this Project Scorpio, what's interesting to me is, remember a couple months ago when Microsoft was like, hey guys, all Xbox Ones are dev kits now, yay! Like, <laughs> yeah. Remember when they said that? Like, yeah, I was yeah. very excited about that. But now think about this. If that continues, if, if Scorpios are also dev kits, they are VR dev kits now. If you buy the headset, you now have an install base for your VR product, right? Yeah, because anyone who has an Xbox or headset, right, like could potentially get your game. And there's a much bigger audience that I would say, how many Xboxes are sold now? Like 20 million plus versus how many Oculuses and Vives have been sold? 200,000 plus, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, if VR adopting on the 
next gen pl- or next gen on the current gen platforms it actually has a good success rate of even yeah. let's say 10% that that blows out of the water you know that's i guess that would be two million, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah, that. So well, I, I struggled with that so bad. I was like, "That's that." No. So two million people, if ten percent adopt the VR headsets, just for Microsoft, and then for Sony, it'd be like four point five million people, something like that. So we're talking six point five million people now have VR compatibility in their homes, if they support the VR that comes from Microsoft and Sony. That's a game changer right there. Even if VR is quote unquote unsuccessful on those platforms, we're talking about 6.5 million people. Yes, I feel the odds are really good. Like, mm-hmm. like you've tried VR, I've tried VR. Anybody that have tried VR, most of them have came out comes out of the experience with a positive review. Like they yeah. get it. It takes minutes or seconds to be within the an interactive world and really be. Be wanting to be a part of it so i feel like this year being vr and like the console the biggest consoles are being behind it facebook oculus rift like everyone's going to be talking about it you're going to be surrounded by it the 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 regular consumer will know about it enough where like the adoption rate right now i feel like it's so hard to say that vr won't be accepted anymore like mm-hmm. i feel like it's impossible to avoid vr and say it's a phase like mm-hmm. everyone all the tech companies are behind it razor razor the the, the company uh Ooh. that specializing out of, yeah out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere have their own vr set that they're coming out and it's comparable to to any high-end vr sets out there so I don't, it's it's very interesting to also see like our biggest thing was yeah like before this E3 announcement, I thought, yeah, first year or two will be just indie titles, right? Because only them, only they can afford to to, to lose money, right? But with the 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 point five consoles coming out, being in full support of it, and their own first party studios being behind big licenses and having like Resident Evil, if you looked at that game, it looks it's a horror game in VR. That's all you need from a reputable game company who makes awesome Resident Evil zombie games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge push for people to adopt. Like, they're they're naming Resident Evil 7. I'm sure you can play it first, first person by itself, but they're really pushing the VR when they, they announced it. So things like that, even Final Fantasy, where I wasn't even expecting them to do anything, <laughs> have a VR tour, I guess. It's just a button that you just switch to. Dude, but, uh, I think they added that at the last minute. I'm to sure kind of did. cover up some of the like, oh, this game's taking a really long time. We need to uh, 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 VR. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We've been working on VR. Sorry. Now yeah. the cat's out of the bag. We can. Yeah, tell. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure PlayStation like had had pushed them into that direction. But it's great. Like, you, yeah, you, I shouldn't be so mean. <laughs> it, but it's true. It feels like what the hell? Why? Why is Final Fantasy? It's third person for God's sake. Suddenly that first person. Whatever, but Fallout Four is a big one. It's a really mm-hmm. big one. It's mm-hmm. like it was released last year. It was one of the biggest games. They're rehauling it to make a VR experience out of it, and they're they're launching it like sometime, either this year or early next year or something. Yeah. So VR is all over E3 in a bigger way than I thought it would be. Dude, everybody knows that that's the next coming. Yeah. Like this is, we see the clouds, we see, we hear in the crackle of thunder, and we can evaluate how much of the sky is covered in gray, and everyone is like, oh shit, this is going to be big. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, even with Xbox, they had their augmented reality HoloLens, but it's AR VR now. Like mm-hmm. it, it can do both, which is yeah. smart. But I wonder if it's a pivot they just recently had because everyone's talking VR lately. Yeah. But uh, the, the, I mean, they had a cool demo showing their potential. Xbox also talking about how everything's Windows compatible now. Like if you buy a game on Xbox, you will get the free game on Windows as well. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about like how how with the crossplay, people are worried about all right, keyboard versus controller. Is that fair? You know, people with better rigs playing with people. I mean, it should matter at a certain point, but you know, it could. I don't know. Um, I mean, those are the biggest news. Uh, I mean, look, we can talk about things that i mean what were you excited about like just hearing about everything well i will say this i'm always looking for ar vr news and so anything in that market kind of like gets me going i was excited to see the showdown between activision's call of duty and ea's battlefield yes um and i'm not going to be partial because i did work on a call of duty game and i'm not going to like hang that hang my hat on that i'm just going to be honest I'm really looking forward to Battlefield. I like yes. that they're going back to, you know, an old school story. Now obviously taking some, you know, some creative liberties, but their trailer is just action packed in a way that is unfamiliar because even though that's where a lot of those games got the start, like we overdid it on the like Battlefield 1942 and the D-Day yeah. invasion and like I don't know how many times I played History Channel the game. Yes, but, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> it's been long enough. That, like, I'm kind of like, hey, you know, this actually could be cool again. You know, like, new technology could make some of those experiences pretty awesome. You know, sure, the weapons and technology wasn't all that great, but we can use technology today to come up with way more detailed or immersive ways of conveying what it was like to be in those times, you know? So that's all I'm looking forward to. I think that's going to be cool. Battlefield 1's kind of got me. Uh, well, as, like, a, as a developer, though, before you move on, like, sure. how do you feel about how each uh, either Call of Duty, Battlefield, like what, what, what are the offering that is new to Warfare that you, you liked about? So I don't have a hands-on experience from either game. All I've seen was trailers attached to like an old rock song, you know, like, <laughs> so I guess trailer-wise, you're, I'm expecting more of the same as far as uh, like I see explosions, I see people yelling at the camera and pointing at me like I'm supposed to do something, but uh, it's a trailer. Yeah. So, did they show off gameplay? If they did, I haven't seen it yet, so I need to go look and scout for it. And if you know that they've shown some trailers, feel free to link in the show notes or on the <laughs> Facebook page. Make it easy for me. We put this podcast out for you guys, so do us a favor. Show us some cool stuff that you've seen. But yeah, yeah it's I'm just saying, trailer versus trailer, I think I'm more excited about the story that I would get to partake in Battlefield 1. Yes, uh, and yes. that's me being completely unbiased. Yeah, and I think for the same... Engine-wise, I mean, Frostbite engine is what they use uh, um, on Battlefield a lot, and it allows, like, mass scale war, Mm -hmm. destruction everywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. that alone is hard to beat Mm -hmm. Uh, from a Call of Duty standpoint. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, the engine isn't the same Mm -hmm. when it comes to... It's more grand scale versus more uh, hallway, uh, close quarter experience. For that reason alone... I, I'm more excited about Battlefield for the, the for the for the for the bigger Battlefield, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interested to see with the World War One theme how different 
because it, it is vastly different. One is like going backwards, and the other one's going as far as you can when it comes to warfare, which is in space, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is nice. So I'll be interested to see what exactly how each one will so, fight this week. I guess year. in honor of Call of Duty, like Call of Duty in space, we got a tease of it in Ghosts. And, you know, Advanced Warfare took a lot of, like, futuristic kind of sci-fi ingredients and added that to their game. And so, But this is, like, a first where it's, like, Call of Duty, super future sci-fi tech, straight out of L. Ron Hubbard, you know, universe. So, it's kudos to them, because it's actually, like, Call of Duty hasn't gone into that territory before. So, you know, like, that is something to keep in mind. It's like, hey... Everyone is always like, try something new, stop giving us the same, stop copying, copy old designs, COD, and then Call of Duty's like, okay, fine, here you go, right? Like, yeah. And then everyone else is like, oh, snap, Battlefield went back to the shit that they used to do back in the day, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they can't catch a break over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks, I'm one. not gonna lie, that's a tough one. Yeah. But uh, I wish both studios the best, and I can't wait to see who wins come November. Yeah. I feel like a uh, fight promoter. <laughs> there was a lot of games, new games that was announced, but like I would say, I was watching the God of War earlier, and uh, it's going back. It's going to like the Nor- Norse Norse mythology. mythology. Yeah. It's over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like they changed the the, the, the perspective view, and it's about. It looks like old Kratos mm-hmm. or someone that looks a lot like Kratos but older. Yeah, and and he's with his son like hunting, and they're like fighting trolls and shit. I'm actually very impressed. Like, they were able to update it and make it feel new, which was necessary for that series because there's, like, four of them. Well, it's and. it turned from God of War to the gods of us, you know? Yes, that's, yes. That's, honestly, they, they had to shake it up. They had to spice it up. Plus, let's keep it real, man. Like, they went through and killed off, like, the entire game's potential by going through every single popularly known Greek mythological character god deity whatever word you want to use because i don't want to like break somebody hurt somebody's feelings and say god or say deity or whatever right like you've you took out zeus i don't know who else is there for you to go after at that point you know what i mean you don't want to go ahead no i'm 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 glad that they didn't go at least for the trailer portion it wasn't about kratos mellowed out which is the biggest thing he didn't look so angry anymore he's he actually, there with his son yeah. yeah he cared about the kid he was like teaching him manners yes. he was like is that a question yes south <laughs> you shouldn't get mad all the time it really raises your blood it was so, i don't understand cool. i don't understand that though like let, let me ask you this question is kratos as a character so valuable right that he doesn't even have a story that fits his existence anymore Mm-hmm. That they then say, well, hey, Norse mythology now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is he is he just that valuable? Like, do you think you could say, hey, you know, we're making God of War. The idea of God of War is not Kratos, right? Sure, you've put a lot of time and invested into building up this character and giving him his look and letting players get familiar with his gameplay. But now you're changing the gameplay. You're changing the story. You're almost changing the feel altogether of the game, but it's still Kratos. Yeah. You know, like, I'm worried that I'm going to feel kind of half and half about that. Like, I'm, yeah. I might have been like, hey, man, 
Sylvester Stallone is too old to play Rocky. You know, <laughs> get in Michael B. Jordan and let's call it something completely different that's related to. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they could have went that direction and had a fresh new look. Like, no one would have harped them on it. Like, they seriously would have. They could have just made it about the kid. Okay. I, and I think they, they're maybe, maybe handing that's over the, the baton. Yeah. yeah, they messed the setup and they maybe are, like, planning to midway through the game. And it's all about the kid, like, doing the stuff. Yeah. Um,. But I mean, I am half and half as well. I I feel like God of War is very Kratos because they had four games with him in it, mm-hmm. saying God of War. Um, but it could be a thing where they're just handing off the baton, like Dude, maybe they're just setting it up like that. And mark, then... mark my words, God of War Four is going to be the the Sony version with Kratos in Norse mythology version of Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mufasa's sure. gonna die. <laughs> it's, it's, look, yeah, Simba Maybe takes over. Die. Yeah, <laughs> it might be like that. It, it reminded yeah. me a lot. They they took a page out of Uncharted. Man, it yeah. it, it looked like God of War Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, everything the light touches. Is yeah, it's <laughs> yours. Yeah, but I don't know. It, uh it looks very impressive. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure everyone was pretty excited just to see the new camera perspective. Mm-hmm. Like they changed pretty much everything that you know about God of War except mm-hmm. for Kratos. So yeah. w- what do you think that means for the combat system? Now, being able to see my complete body and the area around me in third person allowed me to kind of have, you know, a great understanding of the combat yeah. that I'd be dealing with. I would know who's coming from behind in front, left or right. Yeah. When you go third person, that's a lot of information that is now cut off from the screen. Everything yeah. is very forward facing. Everything is very directional. You know, there's yeah. not a whole lot of fair surprises, I'll say. Yeah. You I know? think I think they did that on purpose because they needed to change what people think about God of War. Like okay. it's expected that you do the aerial view. It's expected that you have like like tons of people like a beat em up right mm-hmm. so for them to be more like one on one combat and maybe switching enemies uh i think it was the right move if you if i was i was i'm like the biggest god of war fan before ascension mm-hmm. and i just got sick of it because it was more of the same mm-hmm. even though the graphics was i i wouldn't even say the graphics was better i i think god of war 3 was better than ascension Ooh. but <laughs> like even the tech was better mm-hmm. right uh, it was it was it was just a tired story. It's like, dude, didn't you kill everyone? Why are you still angry, man? <laughs> so I'm very glad that this Kratos is mellowed out, right? They changed pretty much everything about it except for Kratos just still there. Like it could have been another old guy. Well, I will say this: I believe that them going in that direction is a great thumbs up to their understanding of where the value of their product currently is, yeah. and saying, hey, you know what? We did go through all the North, all the gods in Greek mythology. We kind of did, you know, squeeze all the water out of this rock that we possibly could. You yeah. know, what can we do to shake things up to make this game like a valid experience and not a revamp, watered down? You yeah. know, just tack on another number and hope we can sell it for sixty bucks. Right, right, right. So yeah, that's I, I give them kudos for taking that step and actually taking their IP, very valuable IP by the way. People know God of War. People know Kratos. And shaking it up so much that it's refreshingly new. You know, the only thing that's old is Kratos, literally yeah. and figuratively. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, speaking of old, uh, Kojima came out of his hiding, I guess. Kojima-san. You, don't <laughs> forget Kojima Kojima-san. Kojima-san came out of his hiding, I think. Uh, out of his hiding. Kona- <laughs> well, Konami, you know, didn't, 
let him go. <laughs> let him go and didn't kill his family, so he's out to make another game. I'm just happy that he was able to. He announced Death Stranding. It uh, it stars Norman Reedus from mm-hmm. uh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, and it's kind of still a CG trailer. It just shows him all naked with the fetus uh, attached to his umbilical cord. And I mean, that's pretty much the trailer. Mm-hmm. But knowing Kojima working on a new IP and everything, I'm very happy that, well, it's not like he needs it. He is a millionaire or whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying that I'm glad he's still making games and wasn't like deterred from all that stuff that was happening at Konami. Yeah, I will say this about that whole thing. Uh, it's smart of them to not show or promise anything gameplay-wise. They yeah. just made a trailer that was poignant, that kind of leave you asking a whole lot of questions, and it shows somebody familiar, and it just gives you an idea of the, like the production quality that they're going for as this new studio, right? Like, how long could they really have been developing whatever game that they're working on? You know, so this trailer might be all the game that they have currently. You know, I mean, let's be real, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you don't have a AAA game just make materialize itself when you're new building, new computers, new infrastructure, new team, right? Like, these people may or may not have worked together very well before in the past, or like it's all coming together. You're at the very beginning stages of this concept or this idea. You know, this trailer alone is even a, a, a jump. Yeah, you I know? mean, you have you have Norman Reedus. Leftover from the PT demo. Leftover. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Kojima with his excellent eye for directing little shorts. Yeah. So, I mean, they just did the right move and made something of interest, and next yeah. year they'll come up with something and you know about it. Yeah. So, no, knowing perfect. Kojima, uh, this is probably something that he's been working on for a while himself. Like scrapbooking, designing, putting together broad stroke ideas. You know, I'm sure the idea for this game is probably like three years old. But the game itself, as far as where it is in development, is probably, you know, only a month in, like, full development, if that. Right, right, right. Uh, Another project that was interesting that finally got announced and with a release date is finally The Last Guardian. Oh. (laughs) That is, like, eight-plus years of development. And it's, like, a a completely new studio, I would say. Like, the original developer is not on it anymore. It got Mm -hmm. passed around, and it's finally seeing a release date. Mm Mm-hmm. What's, what's interesting about this is, like, I've never seen a game get advertised and promoted that almost missed the console that it was supposed to come out for yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's been a long time, man. Like, I guess they have something of value now. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's good enough for release or else they wouldn't have released it at all. But th- that game has so much charm that, like, the internet fandom at large is completely willing to forgive all of the letdowns and the time that we've been waiting to see this game come out. Like, all that I saw today was, oh, my God, Last Guardian, like, all over Facebook. And so I'm saying, like, damn, these guys, like, completely forgot how mad they were, you know, a week ago. So this is, Last Last Guardian has so much charm. People are looking forward to that title because they want to play with that big bird dinosaur monster, whatever you call that thing, the Guardian or whatever. Right. Uh, So I'm glad that's coming out. Uh, it's been a long time. I, I remember seeing it for the first time, and I was really excited about it. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of the developing team that did mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus, mm-hmm. Ico, all these different games. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that it wasn't the original team that finished the game, but yeah. I mean, they went on to do bigger and better things. Yeah. But their work is still, you know, remembered in some way yeah. with this. So it's nice that I, 
I'm as a developer like seeing developers ship the game even if they're not on it. Like <laughs> a piece <laughs> of their work isn't canceled long yeah. long after they're gone. So I'm happy for that. Uh, so about was there anything about E3 that you felt were misses that you felt maybe in the news wasn't as big as they made it out to be? Hmm. Misses. Like I was thinking about. I was trying to think about it. There was a lot of impressive demos. It's mm-hmm. like when it, when you spend that much money being on an E3 stage, uh, it's hard to say that you completely fluke it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just terrible. Yeah. So instead, I was thinking about games that kind of won me back. Okay. After, like games like um, I remember like a few months back, or I don't know, the first time they showed off Gears of War four. Yeah, I I honestly I felt like we had seen the end of Gears of War. Yes, yeah. I, it was pretty much like God of War for me. Like yeah. those games, Judgment Day for Gears of War, and then Ascension came around the same time, but it was as disappointing as each other as well. Yeah. Meaning that it was a tired franchise, and they just squeezed another one, and it was just like it felt like a one too many. Mm-hmm. So when they showed Gears of War Four, I was like, oh, here we go again. It's a new, it's a new developer. It's not Epic anymore. Epic doesn't own the license. Um, and uh, however, it's being run by the same producer, executive producer, Rod Ferguson. Yeah. And uh, the last time they showed it, it just looked underwhelming. It didn't even look like Unreal Four, like other Damn, games. Damn, Brandon, like, that's cold. It did not look good. Like, but like. Well, wasn't there like a message like, "Hey, this is in production. You know, the graphics are not final." You didn't see that at the bottom. I don't care, man. If you, <laughs> if you're Gears of War and you're like. You're kind of like the, game. yeah, the flagship game. You're the face of Unreal Four Engine. You need to look the best, and it, because Gears of War set the standard for for yeah. last gen. So like for them to come out with something that looked worse than the competition using your engine, it, it looked pretty bad. But they they showed some game footage. Although the gameplay, like, I'm just commenting on the art. The gameplay looked pretty much the same. I didn't really see anything that was like different. But the mm-hmm. the art was phenomenal. Like they, they they heard my my bitching and moaning <laughs> and decided to upgrade or or press the render button or something but it looked a lot better um, i think the problem that gears of war as a shooter is going to face the problem that quake is going to face the problem that doom is going to face is asymmetrically designed any type of competitive game right now is kicking ass and like shooters like we used to have like our granddaddy shooters shooters when we were young when we were in college or high school uh, yeah it's um it's basic it feels too basic now yeah like unreal tournament what is it unreal tournament 4 and unreal 4 is like a free game right now you know unreal tournament was like the biggest shooter you could get everyone looked forward to it they had celebrities like fatality you could fight fatality in like online competitions and shit like that it was the hugest shooter game that you could have and now it's like Hey, anybody want to help us make stuff yeah. for Unreal Tournament? <laughs> yeah, you know? and even Epic admits that with their own, that they're releasing like Paragon. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a MOBA, like action shooter. Yeah, they they understand like the just picking a gun and and shooting people isn't. It's lazy now. Like yeah. you have to add RPG elements. You have to add all these character customization. You got to yeah. add all these different things to make a shooter relevant in these yep. days. Dude, Team Fortress Two, yeah. ten years ahead of time. Yeah, very ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of shooters, another game that redeemed itself for me was the Infinite Warfare. We were mentioning it before. Okay. 
when I first saw the trailer uh, that they released a teaser trailer a couple months back, it looked it looked like another Call of Duty, and then with a gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like it, it kind of got hated on by mm-hmm. everybody. It, I remember it was it was like the number one uh, most disliked YouTube most video, most disliked YouTube video of all time. That sucks. Yeah. yeah, so it was very negative. But this trailer, everyone just turned. I was like, why didn't they release this a couple of that? They they, <laughs> they showed ten minutes, ten to twenty minutes of gameplay, and it was like straight up. If Call of Duty wasn't branded it wasn't branded that way no mm. one would have known like it looked like a totally cool space game dude hell yeah so happy for those guys yep and for all our friends there. over at infinity yeah. ward we're happy to say <laughs> that it looks great <laughs> it looks great uh it, it turned a lot of people around a lot of positive reviews or previews mm. uh i'm excited to see what what they do now let me ask you this knowing that you've been through the system yourself uh Seeing that response that they got on that trailer that they released previously, how much course correction do you think that Infinity Ward went through between then and now? Be real. I think a lot. <laughs> I mean, but the one they showed is a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. that, they wouldn't have be, been able to scramble that yeah, from scratch. For sure, months. they were definitely planning that. But like behind the scene, if we're if we're looking at gameplay, like it didn't look like too different like it had the grappling uh mechanic yeah. which i felt like i've seen before in call of duty um shooting it felt like the aim and shoot like anything else mm-hmm. but the surrounding and the theme was impressive like it was different yeah um with that being said uh i would say that most changes would be probably in multiplayer which we haven't seen too much like that's the only th- that's the only place where they can afford to change and pivot on the fly without any repercussions from the audience mm-hmm. seeing a difference. I mean, how do you Whoa, feel? Whoa, wait, hold on. I, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> go for I, it, go for I it. I feel like multiplayer is the most risky place to pivot. No yeah. one gives a shit about single player, it always felt like. And I, and forgive my words, especially COD developers out there who know me and like know where I live and who are going to want to have words with me after this interview. Like, no, for real, you know. Like, when you change stuff in single player, people are like, eh. If you make one bullet less in a gun in a Call of Duty game, holy hell, you're about to lose your job, according to the fans. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't you dare change my my gun. Yeah, I'm very interested with... Because in the single player one, the one big thing that they were showing was the anti-gravity stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you're pretty much shooting while you're floating around. So I want to see how much of that translates into the multiplayer maps. Like, mm-hmm. do you have an anti-gravity area within the multiplayer that you're shooting and mm-hmm. then you can turn on and off or whatever? I don't know. So it'd be interesting to see how grounded they are, you know, and how different they will be. Because we've seen boosts, we've seen all these side, uh, wall running and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you throw space in it, what what exactly does that look like? Am I gonna? I'm pretty sure there won't be vehicles. I'm I'm pretty Dude. sure it's still f- shooting each other. Did but you play what, what Ghost? Did you play Ghost? So take that level and just like replay it 15 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I agree with you. Like I'm That so I'm, I think you know what's we didn't see this coming. Yeah. Infinity Ward, I got to give you props. You guys, you snuck in the vertical slice for your next game in your previous game. You got it funded. You got all your technology developed and tested under a different game's budget. Yeah. And, oh man, that's a brilliant move. Whoever 
orchestrated that. I don't know if you're at the company or not anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if that's yeah. how it went down, that's pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, that being said, Stu, still, I, I feel like they, they are facing a lot of competition for Battlefield. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can see Battlefield slowly climbing up and being a competitor. Uh, I mean, everyone's really excited about Battlefield 1. Uh, and it's not—it's just outside the realm of space. Like we've mm. been seeing a lot of sci-fi shooters lately, yeah. like a lot. Uh, even Titanfall Two just came out, and even—and that's the original Modern Warfare, guys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, space, <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi. So it's refreshing to see Battlefield One mm-hmm. for that reason, and uh, it's interesting. Well, I will say this on uh, Titanfall: I'm very happy that Titanfall has single player now. Yeah. Now, that didn't stop Titanfall 1 from being a successful game. And as a business person, like with business mind and uh, sense, I guess is probably the better way to think, you're starting a new studio, right? Like, single player takes a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of risk. Instead, we're like, hey, let's make multiplayer arenas for a multiplayer game, and it's only going to be multiplayer. Let's do a proof of concept. We're going to charge 60 bucks, but we're going to get people to believe in what we made, believe in the IP, believe in this idea, and then we're going to hit them with the jab, and then we're going to hit them with the haymaker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, this is the haymaker. Yeah. They I got... Mean, they, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, they executed it beautifully. Like, mm-hmm. they, 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 they're like a 60-team. 60, 60 they wanted to keep it small. They got a, a Xbox exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so they got money from that, like, mm-hmm. even before they shipped. Uh, it made a lot of money. I mean, it sold 3 to 5 million copies. Mm-hmm. At least, even more probably by now. Yeah, but sixty people making yeah. a three million copy selling game. Total success. Like, come on. Total success. You're so kidding the, me? Yeah. So they made enough money, well, more than enough to get EA like, all right, make Titanfall two. Yeah. And and now they're a two two game studio. Like they're making that and Star Wars. Yes. So they're they're executing perfectly and showing what what a veteran studio made of this of the same people that work together can really do. Uh, over and over again yeah. with a new IP. Yeah, props to Respawn. Looking yeah, forward to your stuff, nice. definitely. Um, and speaking of uh, redeeming qualities, like I've been, I've been a fan of Insomniac. Like I, I believe Uh-oh. they're a great Here developer. Go. Here we go. <laughs> but they haven't been having uh, any luck lately, like with games. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive was a great idea in theory. Uh, I, I like some of the risks that they took with that project. It just wasn't a commercial success for them. Yeah, and that's following the Resistance series, which didn't yeah. do too well. I heard Resistance 3 wasn't all that great financially, but Resistance 2, I think, did okay, but not 3. Yeah, and then what was their other game that they completely changed the art direction uh, before Sunset Overdrive? Not the Ratchet & Clank game. Not the Ratchet and Clank game, but remember that game that they had? It was like like a four person co op game, but then they changed the art direction to be more serious. And well, whatever that game was, it didn't do well. <laughs> whatever that game was, <laughs> it didn't do well. So they've been on a string of bad luck. Uh, however, what was interesting is they announced a Spider Man game. Yes, a Spider Man game that looked pretty damn good. Like it seems like they use whatever Sunset Overdrive technology they had before and build a legit... I mean, this could be the Arkham Knight series for, for them. Yeah, with Insomniac behind it, and I feel like they can pull it off. Like, well, it looks pretty good. Think if, no, having played Sunset Overdrive, because I got a free copy from my buddy Matt Johnson, so thank you again, Matt Johnson. Big ups to you, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, basically, 
that game, if you take out the main character and put in Spider-Man, the speed at which you travel around that city and the flow at which thinking the technology behind it, like streaming in all these other areas, these new areas and unloading areas as fast as you could traverse across that city, it makes perfect sense to borrow that technology and do a Spider-Man prototype. Yeah, and I, I think they felt the same, and that's yeah. why they're doing it, and it's it's pretty safe. It's a mm-hmm. it's IP uh, tie-in, yeah, but at the same time, it's Marvel's on a hot streak. Yeah. Spider-Man, especially, in yeah. the Marvel Universe is making a comeback. I mean, they're coming out with a new movie. I think there's a not a, a, enough lead-up for Insomniac to, to pull this one out and make the same impact that uh, Rocksteady did. Yeah. Um, which I have to mention, they're making you know Rocksteady games. They're making a Batman VR game. VR Batman. <laughs> so Everyone's making one, man. I have a feeling VR Batman means detective mode Batman the game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have no doubt that studio is going to pull something amazing. Like they, that's the original, you know, yeah. Batman guys. Yeah, Alfred the game. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> Batman take a left. <laughs> Look out behind you. You'd be watching Batman. Yeah, are you the whole kidding time? me? Like, I, if if like I'm joking here, but like I'm really worried about putting on a VR helmet and having to do like the Batman Arkham style combat and right. all of the stuff that I do in the Arkham games, all that movement, all that motion. Because right, it's right, right. fine seeing it in front of me on a flat screen, yes. but I can't imagine how disorienting it's going to be to like. Like I'm yeah. busy just whipping my head around like that, you know. I'm gonna put my trust in Rocksteady because they they have. They are like the strongest system mechanic, game mechanic studio, yeah. and yeah. I still believe to this day, uh, it's the only game that I know that you can play with all your weapons <laughs> from your previous game. Like that's yeah. how, that's how awesome and confident they are. It's like, no, we're not gonna come up with a ploy that you lose all your powers at the beginning of the game and lose everything and you gotta earn it back. It's like, no, we're gonna start you off with what you earned from your first game and just continue on and make cooler shit. Hell, that might have been the problem for God of War. It's like, yeah. how many times? Dude, oh. I know, that's the problem. Yeah, Kratos <laughs> keeps like, losing his shit every time. Hey, Kratos, so. uh, I, you're the awesome, most powerful being in the universe. Yeah. Oh, by the way, bro, hey, man, <laughs> Amnesia, you forgot a bunch of shit. You yeah. lost your... Pre- no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. yeah, no, I get it though, right? Like, you need a, a vice to handle progression. If a yeah. new player buys part two of your game, and they're going to have a bunch of shit you need to explain. So, I guess the traditional game designer was like, well, we have to figure out a way to tie in the story that you lose all that, mm-hmm. right? That was the safe way to do it. And I was actually also surprised with, like, Batman Arkham City, where I was like, oh, snap, I have everything. Yes, and so I lose on being a new player playing the second one. So I'm just right. going to ask the audience, if Batman Arkham City was your first Batman game in that series, or any game past the first one, basically, yeah. was your first game in the Batman series, you have all your equipment, you have all your stuff, let me know how the progression felt to you, having right. everything unlocked from the very start. Okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, we can start talking about, you know, I mean... <laughs> There was a lot of news. There was a lot of new IPs uh, yeah. that was very interesting. Uh, my my standout was uh, Behold Bound. Mm-hmm. It's if you haven't seen it, it's it's like under under that pile of E3 news. Mm-hmm. It's like you're playing as a ballerina. It's with minimalist art, mm-hmm. uh, very colorful, and it kind of looks like a platformer in a way that you're you're dancing around from platform to platform as a ballerina mm-hmm. and it's very uh what you call it modern dance yeah. type of expression while while you're going through the level it's very interesting it's very different i love 
this era of like very um, what do you call it um, surreal type of games and I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that uh, yeah. seeing how that turns out so uh, hold on one second Xbox off Xbox Xbox how come you don't work anymore <laughs> dude what happened to my connect <laughs> yeah speaking of connect they don't have even a plug-in for the xbox s like you, you gotta get a usb adapter to connect to your connect <laughs> so they're they're pretty much burying the connect for xbox right disconnect <laughs> xbox fail dude you know what i think when i really boil it down i bought the connect so i had so i bought the additional camera i didn't buy the xbox that had the connect but i bought it all for one thing and you know what it is the microphone the microphone <laughs> that all i do is tell my xbox what to do yeah i paid 150 bucks just to be like xbox turn off <laughs> xbox stop bothering me you know what i mean like all that microsoft had to do was just put a microphone inside of the xbox one and it would have had all the functionality of the connect that anybody cared about Yes. Let's be real. Yeah. How many Connect games do you own, Brandon? None. <laughs> I, like, own... I I did look forward to the dancing one, but that was it. No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> dance Central? You don't like Dance Central? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon. It's, <laughs> I dance on Friday nights at the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no high scores there. It's, no, yeah. Well, I'm just... I, I... No, Microsoft agrees with you. That's yeah. why they're not even mentioning it anymore. So let it's, me ask you this, though. Is there a microphone on the S version of the Xbox One? I, I don't think so. Oh, fail. <laughs> super, super fail. I hate to say it because, like, I don't want any of these companies to, like, not ever want to come on the show and, like, talk with us. So I don't want to always come from the negative point. But yeah. I hate to say it. I got to call a spade a spade. Everyone and their mom who has a Connect probably loves the ability to just be like xbox turn off well i will say this right xbox uh the windows 10 and xbox compatibility with each other is stronger than ever i mean they're allowing crossplay. they're mm -hmm. allowing you buying a game and then you owning the game on the pc so if you have a windows 10 you know about cortana which is the halo uh what do you call it assistant yeah and that works on your pc so i'm assuming that the new xbox will have some kind of Cortana component to it where you can talk to it and you probably just need a regular headset of some sort to talk to your Xbox to get things working. So I'm assuming that they're going to integrate that because they've been doing that with all their uh, Microsoft devices like phones and computers and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think you are right on the nose about that. Like the Connect biggest component is the voice commands and they'll have some form of voice command with their xbox but without the connect like they're abandoning the whole motion control they're all in with the vr and which is what people are also worried about i mean like as we're talking about like the console we've been kind of hyping up what's great about e3 and the, mm -hmm. the vr and stuff like there are some legitimate worries that uh you know just like the connect the the, the ar is just going to be abandoned i mean they haven't really announced any real games but they're talking about all these potential, right, without any substance, yeah. which is very different from what Sony has been doing this year, yeah. which is why I would say Sony is doing a better job at this E3 conference. It's all about the game. Dude, Sony is always winning the E3 conferences. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, Sony won last year's E3 
when or I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I remember when like the Xbox One and the PS4 were like on the way out, and Microsoft mm. was like, "Yeah, and your Xbox needs to connect once a day to verify that yeah, this and yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, and then they're yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, we lock games to your account and this and that." And then Sony was like, "Here's how you share a game on a PS4." Yes, <laughs> and then yes. he just turns and gives the guy the game. <laughs> ah, that commercial is still <laughs> hilarious. They're very smart, which is why they preemptively announced PS4.5 before their conference. They didn't even mention it in their conference mm-hmm. to sidestep that. And now they can react mm-hmm. to Xbox uh, Project Scorpio. Mm-hmm. They they just showed their cards. Xbox just showed their cards. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, okay, we'll be nine cores <laughs> instead. Yeah. Like They can do anything now. Yeah. And, and people will be behind them and be just fine. It's it's cool being Sony right now because I feel like Sony's business strategy right now for PlayStation is find out what people want and give it to them. Yeah. And I feel like Microsoft's business strategy is more like these are some things coming that we think people want so we're going to hedge yes. our bets today. Yeah. It really shows that Xbox is kind of worried. Uh, I mean, Microsoft as a whole, right, they have their Windows 10. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to pimp their phones which I own, by the way. Oh. But for real, I'm the only one. <laughs> so it's like there's no one else. <laughs> and so, so hardware, like they're they're suffering. They they don't they haven't really had any success. Even with their free Windows 10 upgrade, people have been complaining. It's like, why are you making me do a free upgrade? It's like I want my old Windows uh, stuff because you're forcing me doing things I don't want to do. So they're they I feel like they're panicking a bit because. Obviously, they're abandoning Xbox One. They know it's not catching up. They've tried for the last two, three years to catch up the PS4 with everything they've got. And they're now they're like, all right, it's time to just call call it quits and just move on and just see if we can just beat them to the punch for the next one. Yes. So, very interesting. Uh, it's nice that Xbox and Sony are competitive enough to be competitive. Yeah. Versus Nintendo, I don't know what they're doing. Nintendo kind of feels like the odd brother who's just hanging out somewhere off the field, just prancing oh, around. Like I don't even know. Like Nintendo hasn't had their conference, but they don't even do conferences anymore. They kind of do their own show. Like, yeah, own show on their Nintendo thing. I don't know. Like, well, I like, feel like what, Nintendo, ha- what, Nintendo to me, it has is on their last legs. <laughs> what news is Nintendo gonna drop that you're waiting for, Brandon? Like, let's be real. I don't think they can do anything. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're going to have an awesome VR set. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to have anything. The only thing they can do is be, like, either going full-on phone mm-hmm. or, like, 3DS is their system. Like, that would be cool. Like, that is something where I would actually be interested if I can take my console-like experience mm-hmm. with me on the go. I If I were Nintendo, I would stop making... I would stop making handheld hardware. Now, I know that a lot of people are like, ooh, listen to this podcast right now. Like, Larry, those things sell so many millions of units. Yeah, I get it. But Nintendo also has to produce all those millions of units. Yeah. Right? You know who's producing millions and millions and millions of units that Nintendo doesn't have to pay for? Apple, yeah. Samsung, yeah. you know, Nokia. Yeah. And... I would love to just be like, hey, why don't we just spend some money making games and put in-app purchases and let people just buy our games? Let's pull a Sega. Let's let other people do the hardware development and marketing and build up the audience, and then we'll just capitalize by releasing software on those games. 
They're on those I, consoles. I think you're undermining one thing and underestimating Japanese pride. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're so in it right now that they can't. Like, they rather would die and collapse on bankruptcy before they call it quits on console. I feel like that's their attitude. Because, yeah, it would make more sense if they just went all software. Everyone loved their games. Mm-hmm. The number one thing keeping from uh, keeping people from playing their games is their hardware, <laughs> is getting their systems to play the games. Um, I, just, I don't know. I don't think that, like, somebody over there has to know how to read data. Yeah. Like, I refuse to believe that all the people, high up executives at Nintendo of America or Nintendo of Japan, don't know how to read data. Yeah. Right? Like, and at the same time, I know for sure that, like, they don't know how to look at a bank account and say, fuck, <laughs> there's less. You know? It's, it's basically a conversation between Regis and then Miyamoto. <laughs> and Regis is like, come on, man. We're not selling any of these. It's like me and was like, "Don't care. <laughs> Let's make another one." <laughs> Man, it's this is a lesson for me, dude. I, I'm sorry if I ever got to the point where I was running a billion dollar company yeah. and I saw that we were getting negative returns, not year after year, but generation after generation. Yeah. Right. Like comparing the GameCube to the Wii, there's an uptrend. Yeah. But software side, only the first party stuff really did well on their console. Yeah. Meaning. They had a boys club where only people who were part of Nintendo were able to make money. So therefore, you don't have a huge third-party adoption rate from developers who are interested in making stuff for your game. So now, all your first-party stuff has to be legit. If you start falling off on first-party, you're dead. That's too much pressure. Now, let's move forward to the Wii U. The Wii U should be called the Wii Who, as in who actually bought one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different type of era because before Nintendo had the had the luxury of coming out with a system like every other console and be like, hey, this is the Virtual Boy, or uh, which sucked, but like here's the <laughs> joystick, uh, or here's the Wii mm-hmm. with the remote control. But like we're we're living in a Kickstarter era where anybody who has an idea can get it potentially financed and become a phenomenon. Like yeah. VR is being made by everybody right now, yeah. so. What is the next biggest game thing? It's impossible to think that Nintendo will always be on the frontier of these because everyone who grew up on these systems are are now having ideas of their own who aren't restricted yeah. to to corporate or or stockholders or anything. So I think that time where Nintendo can start can can pull things out of the hat and be innovative is is gone. Like I don't think they can anymore because even Sony and Microsoft is developing ideas that weren't initiated there at their headquarters with their millions and billions of dollars, right? No, they're they're following a, a, a guy who made it off of Kickstarter and got sold to Facebook. Like like even those guys can't can't yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's I don't I can't see Nintendo doing anything that blows away anything <laughs> in the next five years. I'd be willing to bet that if Nintendo just tried it, if they made an official like Nintendo game on iOS or well, it'd have to be iOS, and maybe just reduce the price point to like four ninety nine, right? Like, because let's be real, people don't want to pay forty nine ninety nine for iPhone games, 
for yeah. iPhone apps. Like that's I think ninety nine cents or bust is yeah. the iPhone store right now. So it's yeah. probably going to be very hard to get them to say we used to get twenty four ninety nine for this. Now we're only selling it for ninety nine cents. But there's this huge game called in app purchases that games like Mobile Strike, that games like uh, Blast. What is it? Bomb Beach, Blast Beach, or what's the other one? Clash of uh, Clans and yeah. Clash Royale and all those games were like, hey, well, you know what? Sure, you can get our game for free. We're happy making a million dollars a day. We're happy making $600,000 a day. Every day. Yeah. Like, I mean, they are trying, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like they're giving a small group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're starting the iPhone initiative, iOS initiative. They released that one game, which is about customizing your, your Mies, pretty much. And which was catching on. Like, I, I was seeing a lot of people uh, playing them. So they are, they are experimenting. Uh, I feel like maybe they want to try one more time with the hardware and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But they have smart people over there. I mean, they must be talking about this. Uh, well, whenever their press conference, I, I think it's Wednesday usually yeah. where they start talking about it. We'll see it. It they've been sucking the last few years. <laughs> it was it's been just about like a few games here and there, and then the promise of the next Zelda coming out. So if if they don't say anything about what their next plans are, because they are the furthest behind on consoles. Yeah. Like, consoles that came out after them are coming out before them again. It's a, it's a, like, they don't have that luxury every three years anymore. They can't yeah. do the mid, mid thing anymore. So. I just feel bad for Nintendo because I've always felt like Nintendo's primary demographic was kids. Yeah. Right? Like, I'd say, like, 70% of where they did their best business was kids, especially when you're, like, talking handheld. Like, sure, you go to Comic-Con and you see, like, a lot of 19-year-olds with their cat hats on and, like, their cat backpacks yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, cute, like, 19-year-old or whatever still have their DS and their group and they're enjoying themselves. Don't get me wrong. There's that demographic. I say that that's the 30%. Yeah. But that 70% was, like, all the kids going on the bus to school and, like, middle school and under. But now all those kids have iPhones and are mm-hmm. downloading their games on the iOS store. They're getting new games every day. They don't yeah. have to ask mom or dad to buy them a thing. As long as they have Wi-Fi, they can download new free games. Nintendo is not going to be able to compete with that if they still think that they're going to release handhelds. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just going to call it like it is. I don't believe that handhelds is the market to go in right now. Yeah, yeah. So they have to do something crazy. Yeah. And it's hard to be crazy nowadays because everyone has crazy ideas, not yeah. just Nintendo. Dude, they have to do something smart. <laughs> it's only it's only crazy because it's different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. This, they should just be like, hey, you know what? Look, hey, handheld department, uh, you guys are now part of the NX team. Yeah. Maybe you can develop the handheld as a controller somehow. I don't know. But there's this thing called the iPhone, and it is just killing. We need to really consider doing a lateral onto that platform, like legitimately. Yeah. Like Mario on the iPhone. Pokemon cool. for real on the yeah. iPhone. Yeah. Not Pokemon Go, like a light adventure that's all... <laughs> like, nah. Ash, Pallet Town, all the gyms, all the Pokemon yeah. on the phone. I think... $5. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see, man. They're smart with software. They're not mm-hmm. smart on hardware. I mean, no one can argue that they've been on a streak with software. Yeah. It's... No, Nintendo has great game designers and game developers like fantastic that is their best and most valuable part of the company in my opinion right now right 
the part that is sinking them year after year after generation after generation is their fall behind hardware. Right. I hope you guys do it, Nintendo. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm rooting for them. I mean, they're 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 old school. So, and they're the last one to announce anything. So they better end it on a good note. Yeah. Hey, you know, all they got to do is say Zelda. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Well, Brandon, since I'm the one talking right now, and it has been an hour, thank you so much for joining me as the special guest for the E3 episode 2016. This is Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. I'm Larry Charles. Good night. Right back at you, Larry. Uh, It's been a great episode uh, talking about E3 stuff. If you guys like us on Facebook, you will see special news, special updates. We've been doing a lot of video updates every week, so check those out. Uh, Give us a like or check out our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. Just drop by and see extra stuff. All right, see you guys next week. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash gamedevunchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash gamedevunchained.